Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Since the fall of man, a war has raged between good and evil. Over the centuries, this war has distorted the truth. Now the truth is perceived as lies, and lies acknowledged as truth. To this day, the battle continues as we investigate and debate the truth behind the history and mystery of the universe. We are Paratruth Radio. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And you are listening to Paratruth Radio. First and foremost, I'd like to apologize for the inconvenience, as we are indeed eight minutes late to today's show. Apologize for that. Yeah. But moving on from yeah. <laughs> but moving on from there, I'd like to let everyone know that you can check us out at facebook.com forward slash paratruth radio. There you'll receive updates uh, almost on a daily basis if you like us. Uh, so go ahead and like our page, share it with your friends, your family. Get the name out there so that everyone can enjoy the show. Uh, also, if you're currently on Spreaker.com right now, tuning in, why don't you come on over to ParatruthRadio.com and join us in our chat room where you can interact with us uh, live right now and in the future, possible guests whenever we do live shows. Uh, definitely check it out. I think you'd like it a lot more. Uh, but for those of you who are tuning in right now to Paratruth Radio, for future reference, if you ever miss an episode, you can always find us here at paratruthradio.com or speaker.com forward slash paratruthradio. Um, real quick here, normally I say this until later in the show, but I'm going to give everyone a phone number right now to call in later on uh, this evening. And we usually have phone call- people call in around the last 20, 15 to 20 minutes of the show. I'm going to give you this number right now, just so you have it ready and on standby. Because, you know, if we have people calling in one after another, we may not get your call. So the closer you have this number to you, the quicker you can call us. And that number is 701-204-4547. Finally, before we get into tonight's episode, I just want to keep everyone informed, first and foremost, that we have been guest speakers on a show called The Fourth Watch with Justin Fall. If you're interested in listening to that, and I promise you it was a very awesome show, you can check that out at paratruthradio.com under guest appearances. So definitely tune into that. Check it out. I think you'll like it a lot. Also, stay tuned to uh, facebook.com forward slash paratruthradio and we're going to be having guest appearances on other shows as well in the future. Uh, I don't have any exact dates yet, but we'll be having one coming up soon, and we'll let you know about that later on. But uh, with that said, Justin, my co-host, my buddy, how are you? Oh, just fantastic. And, Fantastical, um, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I've got somebody in chat that's the Paratruth groupie. I'm assuming that's either Savannah or uh, Shelly. I'm guessing Shelly because Savannah usually types in as Savannah. 
Um, so um, I just wanted to give a quick shout-out to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to everybody out there. Uh, to Shelly's mom, Cheryl. To uh, Eric's mom, Debbie Skurback, and to my mother, Lori Roan. Um, we are so glad that uh, you guys are a part of our lives. I mean, without you guys, there would be no Paratruth Radio, which would be horrible. This is true. Very true. So thank you, and um, happy Mother's Day to all of you. I want to say Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's like Christmas. <laughs> they get presents. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so tonight yeah. um, the episode is titled "Paratruth: The Voodoo Curse." Now, for everybody who is wondering what exactly that means, uh, we're just going to be discussing voodoo. Uh, if you know anything about voodoo, most voodoo practitioners uh, make curses on people. Uh, so that's kind of how we came up with the uh, the title. I thought it was a rather good one. Eric came up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who don't know fully what voodoo is, I, I do have a small definition for you. You know, we like to do definitions at the beginning of the shows, uh, especially for those topics that people may not be so familiar with. And I'm sure everyone out there has heard of voodoo, but not quite sure exactly what it is. Uh, but basically, voodoo is a creolized religion forged by descendants of the Homing, Congo, Yoruba, and other African ethnic groups who had been enslaved and brought to colonial Saint Domingo. Dominique, I believe, which is not... Domingo. It's, yeah, it's hard to pronounce sometimes. But uh, <clears throat> that is basic, that is current, the current Haiti. Um, but anyway, it was, voodoo was then Christianized by Roman Catholic missionaries in the 16th and 17th centuries. And usually today, and of course this depends on where, it, where voodoo is currently being practiced. Uh, over in West and Central Africa, voodoo doesn't necessarily have any Christianized theme to them. They're still pure in their particular uh, belief system. But those that are in Haiti, and especially in America, are definitely Christianized, definitely have that side to them. And we're going to get into a lot more of that probably rather soon as well on the show. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, a lot of people think voodoo, they think New Orleans. Well, that's just kind of where it's seated in America now. Um, there are other voodoo practitioners throughout the United States, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, most people hear voodoo and usually think New Orleans just because it mm -hmm. came from Africa, went to Haiti. When uh, the Haiti slaves came to America, they were seated a lot of times in New Orleans, and that's just kind of where it ended up. Right. Well, and on top of New Orleans, really, uh, they commercialized voodoo, you know, and that's, I think, why so many people... Uh, you know, think or associate voodoo with Louisiana voodoo or New Orleans voodoo is because it is commercialized. Uh, when you go down there, I've been down there twice, and whenever you go down to Bourbon Street, everything down there is named voodoo. You know, they have voodoo donuts, they have uh, restaurants that are named voodoo something, you know, they have voodoo shops, they have voodoo this, voodoo that. Yeah. There's a lot of people who, you know, practice in the streets and just uh, 
they, they do like psychic readings and stuff, but they all consider themselves uh, voodoo queens or princes or princesses or you know whatever uh, you want. But you know, and I think that's why really why a lot of people, as I said, associate voodoo with uh, with New Orleans just because of the commercialization of it in America. <clears throat> yeah. Well, and you know, most people don't know. The, the background of voodoo I've mm-hmm. been not necessarily been a part of voodoo but I've studied voodoo from a philosophical perspective for many years and you have as well just looking through books and I mean obviously coming across it in New Orleans mm-hmm. um, right well and then there was a time in our life back in 2009 where you and I actually thought about getting into the Grigri bags or the Mojo bags, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and starting to create those for protection against spiritual war for spiritual warfare and stuff like that, uh, because before becoming saved. Uh, so we did have that particular, uh, I guess, understanding of voodoo. Yeah. Um, which, again, you know, that that's a big one because I know a lot of. Some voodoo, not a lot, but many voodoo practitioners didn't even use Grigri bags or voodoo dolls that so many people, you know, associate voodoo with. Uh, that's something that is pretty much strictly Louisiana, New Orleans, Americanized, yeah. basically. Um, and, and interestingly enough, and it depends on the source that you talk with and you speak with, and there, there are many practitioners who truly believe that if you were to use a voodoo doll, and I'm sure there's other practitioners out there that would be like, oh, they're not real practitioners because of this. But there are people who use the voodoo doll uh, for both positive and negative reasons uh, when it's associated with someone. But apparently, voodoo dolls are more or less commercialized products. Yep. And, uh, well, and, you know, I mean, just like anything, if you believe it's coming true to you, it's going to be coming true. Like, if you're trying to use a voodoo doll and you put a pin through the heart and then somebody loses a loved one or is cursed with with love, you know, nobody being a part of their life special to them, then, of course, to you, the curse is working. But um, to you know, to everybody else. All right, looks like I'm back. I'm sorry. For, did you lose me there for a moment, Justin? Yeah, I did. <laughs> okay, I thought I saw connecting. I was like, wait, I'm just gonna keep talking for a little bit, just in case, <laughs> and then I stopped talking. Um, <laughs> well, you stopped talking on my end, and I was talking. I don't know if you heard me, but. No, I didn't hear anything. <laughs> um, I didn't hear a thing. <laughs> well, what I was saying was, um, you know, people in New Orleans that are practicing with these voodoo dolls or uh, Grigor bags or whatever, you know, to them, it's it, it may be coming true because they'll be doing the, the voodoo doll or whatever, say, putting the pin through the heart and, you know, they think that they're cursing that person with love troubles or whatever, and it is happening at that time. But, you know, to the person that isn't practicing voodoo, it's just 
you know, coincidence that even though this person is doing that, that doesn't mean that, you know, their magic is actually working. Right. Well, and I, I think you and I have covered this in the past in regards to symbolism as well, and that, that that's in regards to like pentagrams and pentacles and uh, the inverted, inverted cross and so on and so forth. A lot of that stuff is simply just symbols and doesn't have any meaning or association to them really, uh, except to the person who's using it. So yeah. if you believe a certain symbol to truly mean something evil and you use it, and I'm going to go out there and just, you know, put this in terms of uh, demonic attack and demonic uh, 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 worship. A demon will use whatever you give them in order to do the work to make you believe in them and that to make you believe that there's a power in, in it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I, for example, I could use a simple... You can use a simple doll, you know, like a Barbie doll or something, and do something similar. And if you truly believe there's power behind it, and you ask for whatever spirit to cause harm to someone, it's very possible that that could happen. Not saying it will, but it's possible that it could happen because a demon is going to be like, okay, you just opened that door for me, and I'm going to go ahead and do it so you can see that there's power here. Because what that does is it allows the person to constantly call on the same spirit instead of calling on God. Um... Who, by the way, will never curse someone if you ask him to do so. So don't even try it for those of you who are thinking about that. Um, <laughs> just don't. You never know. Throw that. I've, I've, had, I've, I've talked to people in the past who have truly believed if they called God to curse someone for them, he would do it. Um, that those are some interesting conversations. <laughs> was this somebody who was a pagan that was switching to Christianity or um, something something along those lines oh. something along those lines um, but yeah so, so anyway <clears throat> the actually what's interesting is the voodoo doll since we're on the top of subject I'll just stay right here with voodoo dolls for a moment yeah um, what's interesting with voodoo dolls is when they were first created now I've I can't remember all that they have. They have certain elements inside of Voodoo Dolls, and I, I apologize. I do not have that up in front of me right now, and I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, oh, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Actually, I might have it. Give me a second here. <laughs> well, while he's looking that up, um, just for you guys who don't know a lot about Voodoo, uh, there are a lot of things that go into Haitian and African voodoo, which have carried over into the Louisiana voodoo, but uh, the uh, biggest belief is multiple gods, uh, which are called Loa, and uh, the, uh, the Loa can even actually be ancestors of whatever tribe that is worshipping at that time. They can in incorporate their passed on loved ones into into their loa gods so uh obviously you know christianity um there's only one god and you know same thing for any other religion um it just depends on the religion some have multiple gods we just have the one as well as i believe muslims only have the one god as well um but uh, that's kind of the basis for for voodoo is the loa multiple gods. Uh, they they worship a little bit differently with animal sacrifice and the different 
curses and magic that they believe that they're using. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually gonna, and I don't. Which voodoo is that exactly? Like, is that a particular style of voodoo, or is that a? Are you going as like a broad basis there? Uh, well, to what? I mean, like we're saying, the the New Orleans voodoo is more just a commercialized thing. It's not really right. the religion that that voodoo or voodoon, depending on where you read and where you're from, uh, using that terminology, it's all based on the the aspect of, of Loa, which is multiple gods. Right. Um, well, what's interesting, though, and this is something I came across to in my research, is that, especially like the... Uh, Western Africa, West Africa voodoo, and originally, and maybe still to today, Haiti, they actually believe in one single God, but that God isn't capable or is unwilling to interact with human beings, and therefore, uh, the voodooists will contact and associate with lesser spirits, um, which they also consider on occasion gods or goddesses, uh, but they often associate these spirits with that of Catholicism, such as St. Peter or the Virgin Mary. And those particular spirits, the Loa, as you had just mentioned, um, they basically, uh, what's the word? Um, I can't think of the word, but they're the source between man and God, you know. So uh, kind of in a sense of what Jesus did for us originally, how we always had to have that, that uh Interpreter in between us and God, you know, there, we could never had that full connection with God until after Christ came and died for us, and then suddenly the veil was torn, and we have that ability, that chance, uh, that freedom to talk one on one with God without someone being in the middle. Um, but that's what the Lord really are there for. They're, they're there to basically do the work, listen to the questions, and give the answers that the people search for, uh, so that the one God whoever that may be, uh, does not have to bother with dealing with human beings. <clears throat> that, I, I must not have come across that, because the only thing I came across was Loa. I didn't see anything about a single singular god and then lesser ones. Um, oh. But, uh, well, <clears throat> I, I mean, I've done research in it for a long period of time, and, I mean, that could be, and I may just be misreading what it says too um mm-hmm. but um i think we'll take another our our first not another our first quick break <laughs> um folks you're listening to paratruth radio right here at paratruthradio.com as well as spreaker.com and uh, if you guys have a chance come on over to paratruth radio hop in our chat that is one of the best ways to interact with us until we open up the phone line so uh Come on over and uh, hopefully chat us up. We'll be back in a few minutes after a quick commercial break. This is Bill Hall, author of the book, The World's Most Haunted House, and you're listening to Paratruth Radio. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware, when your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise, and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. 
A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for .com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. When I grow up, I want to be a bike that races around the country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest trail. I want to be a walking chair on when a sunny porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be. 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the dog show. Up next, we have Satchmo. Satchmo is a member of the shelter pet group. That's right, a group known especially for their couch-snuggling, ball-chasing, face-licking, tail-wagging, backyard-hanging, and, of course, companionship. And what breed would you say Satchmo is? I'd have to go with maybe a lavish, terrier-hound, chihuahua-looking kind of mix. Tremendous dog. Mm, I'd also like to point out Satchmo's coloring, a white, gray, brown, black brindle, simply marvelous. You know, it's such a treat to watch a dog like this. Now, let's see him in action. Look how he makes eye contact with his person. That's actually known as the treat stare. How intuitive. And now he appears to be excitedly turning in circles. Ah, oh, the happy dance, so common with this group. And finally, the loving face lick. It's great how he just gets in there and well licks. Fantastic. But really, the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Satchmo is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. Ranger Station, Ranger speaking. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'd like to report a bear sighting. Location? In the forest, near the side of the road. No need for alarm, sir. The forest is where bears live. But this was no ordinary bear. No ordinary bear? Yeah, one second, I'm having a smoke taken into view. Next thing I know, I am face-to-face -face with Smokey Bear. Let me guess, Smokey had a tip for you. Yeah, he did. He must have seen me toss my cigarette on the ground. He told me never to do that because it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. He's a smart bear. Did you know that 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans? That means 9 out of 10 wildfires can be prevented. That's what Smokey Smokey said, I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous, and you're not. Good point. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference, because 9 out of 10 wildfires are caused by humans. Brought to you by Smokey Bear, the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. Hey guys, let's play some video games. This new dad plays video games with his sons. But the challenge feels like he's lifting 
a metric ton. So many buttons. His avatar just stares at the walls, twists and turns, and somehow falls. Help me. He's tangled up in the controller's cord. I just don't understand this crazy digital world. Crazy, crazy digital world. But the love from his kids is totally apparent. See, you don't have to be perfect to be the perfect parent. Should have just played catch. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of siblings in foster care will take you just as you are. For more information on how you can adopt, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Adopt U.S. Kids in the Ad Council. Paul George of the Indiana Pacers. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke. F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. This is David Montaigne, author of End Times in 2019, and you are listening to Paratruth Radio. Sup, folks? Welcome back to Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And I'm Justin. So far, we've been talking about voodoo. This episode is called Paratruth, the Voodoo Curse. And just before our break, we were talking in particular about... The Loa. This is something that's very interesting to me, uh, Justin, and this is something I came across both here and in another book that I have on voodoo. Um, <clears throat> and it's very interesting because when when Haitian people were brought up to Louisiana area in America as slaves, mm-hmm. the white Americans at the time tried to convert everyone to Christianity. And some of the voodoo practitioners at the time didn't like that. And they thought, you know, why not try to conceal our belief system by basically uh, combining it with the Christian or the Catholic belief system? Right. And so basically what that, basically what that means, as I was saying earlier, is that some of the saints, uh, that, that we, those people that we consider saints, uh, in the Bible have become images, if you will, for the voodoo practitioners, um, even to today. And it's interesting because what happens is, for example, all right, for me personally, I don't call, uh, I don't pray to, you know, I don't call and I pray to anyone other than Jesus, um, other than the Lord. And yet there's people, especially in Catholicism, who will pray to the Virgin Mary, they'll pray, uh, pray to St. Peter, uh, which is a big one. 
St. Paul, et cetera, et cetera, even Michael the Archangel. Uh, that's something I don't do. It's something in uh, my Christian belief, belief system is just not something you do because the Bible tells us not to. It tells us to the Bible tells us to call on the Lord and the Lord only. But what's interesting is for those people who do, who are maybe converting, you know, from Catholicism or from Christianity to voodoo, it makes it very simple because they think, oh, well, I could still pray to the same saints that I've been praying to, but still, you know, enjoy this particular uh, uh, practice, if you will. <clears throat> right. But what's interesting is that when you call on the Virgin Mary in, in voodoo, you're actually calling on a spirit called the Ada Wedo, which is very similar to the Virgin Mary. It's a virginal uh, spirit, if you will. But then there's another one called the Legba, which is the guardian gatekeeper, who is more or less the mirror image of St. Peter. Now what's interesting is that this spirit is a mirror image, image of St. Peter, which means he's not St. Peter. So even if you do uh, believe or could somehow contact St. Peter by praying to him, you wouldn't really be calling on St. Peter if you're practicing voodoo. You'd be calling on the Legba, whatever the Legba is. Uh, it's a spirit of some sort. Um, and, and of course that, to me, in my personal opinion, goes into a much more demonic realm. I know there's a lot of people out there that would disagree with me. That's quite okay. Uh, that's what opinion is for. Um, <clears throat> but that's the type of things that I think is very interesting about Americanized voodoo and even some Haitian voodoo. It's just that when you're practicing it, you're not necessarily practicing a pure faith that you thought you were practicing. You know, you're not really calling on the same beings that you think you're calling on. It's all more or less a deceit in a way. What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, I mean, that's why a lot... I mean, when we were talking to Justin uh, on his show and he had brought up uh, the one girl that he had dated back in the day who had a Catholic grandmother who was a Catholic... Uh, of fully devout Catholic, but also practice voodoo, it's become ingrained into Catholicism in New Orleans. And, uh, I honestly don't know what it could be that they're, they're worshipping. Uh, I mean, obviously, I, I honestly feel voodoo is not a good thing to go to. Uh, it, it will twist everything into you know whatever you want it to be uh but yeah i i honestly believe in new orleans specific, specifically uh the the catholics you know they they have just brought voodoo into catholicism just because of that's you know that's how the slaves uh, tricked the the slave owners into thinking they were still doing that. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, Heidi in uh, chat here says uh, Santeria is the voodoo Catholic religion in uh, New Orleans. Uh, mm -hmm. She said she was taught how to use Ouija and tarot by a Catholic Santeria family. Mm -hmm. um, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense because I, I actually have a source um, that does say that the Catholic Church has accepted voodoo as a, uh, I guess, as a partner in the faith. Um, in fact, 
Pope John Paul II even acknowledged and holds practitioners of voodoo as fundamental goodness and he went ahead in 1993 and attended a voodoo ceremony as well helping to cement the two of them so they would coexist together which is very very interesting because even when, when you when you read the bible in particular and that's for any you know anyone out there you know and i say christian you know the christian is could be a relatively broad term nowadays for people right but christian would you know does mean catholics as well um, Protestants, you know, people who truly, but when I say Christian, I mean people who truly just place their faith in Jesus Christ and have accepted him as their Lord and Savior and think of their relationship with him as a relationship, not just, you know, a religion. And according to the Bible, it does tell us not to coexist. Uh, and I know that's a very harsh for a lot of people who might be listening right now and don't like hearing that. Um, but it's true, you know, according to the Holy Bible, Christians true followers of Christ are not to coexist with other religions because the fact is even though there are many similarities between all the religions in the world you know all the similarities in general but all, in particular Christianity there are very great similarities and that goes all the way back to the stories of Noah you know there are similarities all around but the one thing that is completely different is that there's not one single God in any other religion other than Christianity that it actually came and died for us on the cross. And that the only way to salvation is to place your faith in him, in Jesus Christ. Every other religion on the planet, the only way to earn your salvation and get into heaven is by working. Working, 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 working. And the harder you work, the better the chance you have of getting into gaining that salvation. Uh, but the Christianity is the only religion, or the only faith, where you don't really have to do anything but place your faith in Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you, once you do that, if you truly do that, then things start to change. And you'll notice quickly that, yeah, you do start working, but not because you have to, just because it's something that the Spirit drives you to do. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting, you know, that Catholics, and I don't know if that includes the, I'm guessing that includes the Vatican, because I know a lot of Catholic churches can't do much without the Vatican okaying it. Um, it's very interesting that they have gone so far as to coexist uh, with voodoo, considering at one point they, you know, Catholicism wasn't too thrilled with voodoo. You know, they tried right. converting everyone. They thought and they believe it's an evil practice. Uh, so it's interesting that they're suddenly, you know. Well, that's what I don't understand. Yeah, I, I, that's what I don't understand about it. Like uh, when you and when you think uh, Catholics, you you think devout Christian wor worshippers who. I mean, yes, they do pray to the Virgin Mary and say their rosaries and all that. Uh, but um, to say that they're in, uh, integrating voodoo into that faith, it, it is very weird to me. Yeah, it is. It really is. Um, let's go ahead and change the subject a little bit. Um... <clears throat> You know, in African voodoo and Haitian voodoo, the, the people, the practitioners in particular, are known as voodoo priests or priestesses. Mm -hmm. In New Orleans, there's not really a voodoo priest or voodoo or, or priestesses. They're known as voodoo queens and kings. Yeah. And one of the most famous, actually the most famous voodoo queen of all time is someone by the name of Mer Mary Levitt. Marie Laveau. Oh, I'm sorry, Marie Laveau. Marie Laveau. Jeez. Yes, Marie Laveau. 
Um, and I don't, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I don't know about anyone else out there. Uh, I don't really think you really need to know or even heard of Voodoo to have heard that name. And I've known for, jeez, oh, it has to be eight years now for me that I've known that name, Marie Laveau. And, and even going down to New Orleans, you know, it's something that you may or may not come across. I came across it. And she was by far the most recognized, even to this day, voodoo queen of all time. And she's iconic in New Orleans. She, she really is. Yeah, she is iconic in New Orleans. And her own religious right, has, since, since like 1874, has attracted 12,000 black and white New, Orle New Orleanians um, who would come, and they'd be politicians, lawyers, businessmen, uh, wealthy planters, you know, they would all come to her and consult her before making any financial or business-related decisions because they trusted uh, her abilities, if you will. They, they, they truly believed that she had this connection with spirits that would give them uh, what the right knowledge, you know, as to what they should and should not do um, in regards to basically anything in life. <clears throat> And it's interesting that even today, her tomb currently resides in the oldest cemetery in New Orleans, and people still visit it right now. They're still visiting it, leaving little gifts and praying to Marie Laveau and just, you know, asking her for help. And then they'll go across the street to a statue of St. Expedite and leave offerings for that uh, that particular saint, if you will. Um, I don't know who Saint Expedite is, I'll be honest. I'm ignorant in that particular area. Um, <laughs> but it, that, yeah. But Saint Expedite represents the spirit standing between life and death, basically. Um, <clears throat> and people will, after leaving gifts and praying to, to uh, Marie Laveau, will go across the street and leave gifts for Saint Expedite because they believe that by leaving, get, leaving gifts to Expedite, Marie Laveau will then expedite the favors that they asked her for. And of course there's people who truly, to this day, claim that they have not only uh, have received messages from Marie and that things have come true, you know, by them asking, favors have come to fold, uh, but they've also claimed to actually see her walking around the, uh, the cemetery as well. Which I know there's even been an episode of uh, Ghost Adventures in which the Ghost Adventure crew went and hung out by her tomb to do a little bit of investigating and even asking her to help them with something. Um, but it's just amazing that like someone, not just Marie, but just so many people are capable of bringing in people based on what they claim, whether they really can or can't, uh, based on what they claim they can or cannot do, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and the funny thing is, Marie Laveau's been in um, numerous uh, fictional things, too. Like, uh, mm -hmm. she was actually a main character in American Horror Story, The Covenant. Covenant okay. Or The Coven. Uh, I think mm -hmm. that's season three. Um, and then um, also uh, a PC game that I played back in the day, Gabriel Knight. She was, you know, it was based in New Orleans, and the first 
chapter of that trilogy has to do with fighting voodoo queens, uh, mm-hmm. and she's mentioned in that several times. Um, it, it's kind of interesting in the fact that somebody who's so iconic and she wasn't evil per se like yes she practiced voodoo and all this stuff but she was trying to help her people and people that came to her Mm -hmm. Uh, not saying that I condone voodoo but she in her mind she she was doing what she needed to do to help people Uh, Mm -hmm. And no, it, I'm gonna, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, it's just, I mean, it's amazing to see that she's lived on for so long, and even people who have never heard of Voodoo know the name. Right. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come out and just, I'm going to be honest with everyone. Now, I'm not going to stand here and say that Voodoo, you know, is in fact 100% evil in the sense that the only thing voodoo is good for is you know worshiping something and throwing curses at people because that's what the media made it up to be yeah people today believe that voodoo really is the cur- about cursing people and doing evil this evil that the truth is and I'm, this is coming from me of all people a christian who you know <laughs> of course will say do everything in my power like no don't go you know travel to the voodoo side if you will or whatever you know here's the truth about christianity but voodoo actually uh as i mentioned was similar to christian because it, it consists of people who are legitimately trying to help other people and part of their faith or majority of the faith i should say i'm sorry is that they will help people by providing money building shelters doing this doing that you know their their main goal in life is to be a servant of other people which is great you know that's a good thing when it comes to uh, humans being capable of good and actually going about doing good it's a good thing just the problem with voodoo is what they worship and the fact that they believe or allow I should say spirits to possess them and that brings up another topic right here another subject I should say is this whole idea of spirit possession. Now in voodoo, people believe that it's an honor to become possessed by spirit because the spirit that possesses them will then give them secret knowledge uh, on certain matters and even tell certain people whether or not they should become a priest or priestesses uh, or a queen or a king or whatever. And I know for the majority, and I mean the great majority of people around the world who who believe or know of possession, spirit possession, believe it to be a negative thing, a very negative experience. Yeah. uh, I'm going to have to think about this one because I want to word it the right way (laughs) that it doesn't come off the way that I... No, go ahead. I mean, um, take your time. I mean, I, I just... I paused because... Even I'm reflecting on it right now, because it's, it's something I've never heard before. Yeah, well, I think it will be a good time to take our next break, and then we can think about what our next words can be. So, folks, you're listening to Paratruth Radio. We have your random fact of the day, as well as the paranormal headlines, and we'll be right back. Now, Eric's random fact of the day. <laughs> 
Internets of OMG Facts shared a story that says in 1975, Professor Jack H. Hetherington of Michigan State University wrote a physics paper. He sent it to a colleague to look over before he sent it to Physical Review Letters. The colleague told him that it was a publisher's rule that words like we and our could not be used in a paper that had only one author. Instead of retyping the paper, Hetherington added his Siamese cat, Chester, as a co-author. He was clever about it, though. Instead of just writing Chester, he put FDC Willard. The FD came from Felix Themistichus. The C stood for Chester, and the Willard came from Chester's father's name. Now the ruse was up, though, when a student came to campus and asked to talk to Professor Hetherington. But when he was unavailable, the student asked to speak to the other author, Willard. This was Eric's And now, Paratruth Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Hey, Parafans. Justin here with your Paranormal Headlines. And a very happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Otzi the Iceman yields world's oldest blood. Scientists have succeeded in identifying red blood cells inside a man frozen in ice for over 5,000 years. Discovered in 1991, Europe's oldest known natural mummy was found in the Otzel Alps between Austria and Italy. Thought to have been around 45 years old when he died, Otzi appeared to have succumbed to a lethal combination of injuries, including an arrow through the shoulder and a blow to the head. Researchers now believe that the Iceman may have been part of a raiding party that had engaged in a skirmish with a rival tribe. Up until now, his remains had never yielded any traces of blood, leading to the assumption that it had either failed to be preserved in the ice, or it had since degraded over several thousand years. By using a nanoscopic probe to scan the area around his shoulder injury, however, researchers in Italy have been able to identify the telltale donut shape of red blood cells inside Otzi's remains. The technique also yielded signs of fibrin, a blood clotting agent, suggesting that the Iceman would have likely succumbed to his injuries very quickly. There were still some people arguing that he survived the arrow maybe a few hours or a few days, but this was definitely not true, said study team member Albert Zink. Man becomes first to enter door to hell. Explorer George Coronis has become the first person to descend into the Turkmenistan's infamous fire pit. Located in Derwiz Ahal province, the burning pit received its nickname Door to Hell due to its ominous appearance and because it has remained on fire for more than 40 years. Originally thought to be an oil field site, the pit was opened up by Soviet engineers after a drilling rig they set up collapsed into a large crater. Concerned about the release of toxic fumes, they set the gas on fire believing that it would burn out within weeks, but instead it remained lit for more than four decades. Now a popular tourist destination, the pit has attracted large numbers of visitors to the region, but to date nobody has proven themselves brave or foolish enough to try lowering themselves inside it. That was, at least, until explorer George Coronas took up the challenge. Not to be discouraged by the flaming depths of the pit, and spurred on by rumors that the fire was to be extinguished by the government, the 41 
21-year-old, who is no stranger to extreme heats, having previously braved volcanoes, donned a special flame-proof suit and descended into the fire. While he was there, he retrieved samples for scientific study and discovered that there was even bacteria living inside the crater despite the high temperature and methane fumes. Since this was something nobody had ever done before, there was a lot of uncertainty and questions, he said. When I actually set foot at the bottom, it was an overwhelming feeling. I was in a spot where no human had ever been. It was like stepping onto an alien planet. And this was Justin with your Paranormal Headlines. This was a segment of Parachute Radio's Paranormal Headlines. Folks, welcome back to Paratruth Radio. I'm Justin. And I'm Eric. And we've been talking about voodoo. Now, if you guys want to chime in on this, uh, on our call-in line, Eric, why don't you give them that number again? <clears throat> the call-in line is... 701-204-4547. I'm going to go ahead and repeat that one more time. I'm going to say it a little slower. Seven zero one two zero four four five four seven. All right, folks. So if you want to give us a call, go ahead and call that line, and uh, you can chime in on this. Give us your perspective on it. Uh, you can also hop into our chat room and type it in if you like. Uh, I know I'm not one to talk on the phone very often, so uh, it's either or, whichever you want to do. Uh, we were talking a little bit about how the uh, voodoo practitioners now will allow spirits to possess their bodies. And right. these are the loa that we spoke of earlier, and uh, it's supposed to give them knowledge and sometimes power to, uh, to overcome things. Uh, honestly, regardless of what religion you believe in i honestly believe letting any spirit into your body is not a good idea at all regardless of what you believe it is i mean to me personally i want to be in control of my own body i don't care if it's going to tell me that the world's going to end tomorrow i'd rather be ignorant of that fact and die happy instead of and I guess these people are happy, I suppose, because they're thinking that it's a, a privilege for them to be ridden, as they call it, uh, by the spirit. But, um, yeah, I mean... But I, I can well, what I'm going to finish with is, is yep. even if you believe that human spirits are the ones that are called ghosts or whatever, even they can't possess somebody mm -hmm. like the only one that you know we've all heard is you know demonic possession so to me that regardless of what these things are that are possessing people to me i i hear possession and i i think demonic so mm -hmm. to me that's not a good idea 
No, and of course, and I agree completely with you. And of course, we do hear about uh, uh, people who practice divination who claim that they are possessed by human spirits so that they can talk with, you know, basically so that the dead can communicate with their now living relatives. But even then, you know, I know you and I both agree, well, at least I agree. Um, <laughs> Uh, and I don't know how you are with the possession. I think you agree with the possession thing. Yeah, it's I mean, uh, when talking, but... Channeling uh, is something thing. that I've never really believed should be a, a good thing. Right, right. Um, and I'm going to add a couple things here. First and foremost, this, this is a couple of things that I've come across in the research. Uh, now, participants of Ludi believe that the spirits come to visit the ceremony and then take possession of certain individuals so that they could speak and act through them. Now, I know some of you out there, and I want, I'm going to throw this out there because you're probably thinking, wait a second, wasn't there a time of fire in the book of Acts that came down and gave the, spirit, uh, the, uh, the saints uh, or the apostles the ability to speak tongues? Wasn't the spirit technically speaking through them? And what about people who claim that, you know, when you come to salvation in Christ, the Holy Spirit comes down upon you and then takes residence in your own body? And those are very good questions, because it does seem that they would be very, very similar. But the truth is, and other than, you know, according to the book of Acts, you know, things are much different than, but the Holy Spirit never actually took full possession of anybody at any given time. The Spirit works with someone. They never work, you know, as your spirit, if that makes any sense. Uh, and I don't, if, is that making sense, Justin, to you? Yeah. I need, yeah. I need to go a little further. <laughs> um, so basically, like, when you think of demonic uh, possession, the person that the demon is residing in has no control whatsoever when the demon takes over. The majority of people who have been possessed by demons completely black out whenever the demon takes its, you know, takes I guess place of the of the person's uh, ability to, to talk and walk and so on and so forth. Somehow, someway, the demon has complete and utter control over the entire body, mind, and heart of that person. The Holy Spirit never does that. The Holy Spirit works with the person. The Holy Spirit will give you, like, Say I'm talking to someone and I say something that's just like, that was really something wise that I just said, but I've never heard that before. You know, where did that come from? I didn't actually hear anyone talk to me. It's just something that the Holy Spirit gives you on occasion. You know, or maybe you hear about people, uh, Christians who've been able to heal someone. That Christian does not necessarily have the ability by any means to heal someone. It's the Holy Spirit within them that heals them. But they work with the Holy Spirit. The person has complete control over their mind, their heart, and their body, uh, but the Holy Spirit is there and works closely with them. What's also interesting here is according to the research in regards to the voodoo practitioners that have become, or that can become uh, possessed, is that if someone tries to ignore their loa, you know, their spirit that they're talking with, they're trying to contact, it can result in sickness, failure of crops, the death of relatives, and other misfortunes. That right there is very interesting because we've all heard stories, I think most of us have heard stories, about people who have worked alongside demons um, 
in regards to when they're conjuring up demons uh, for certain biddings and stuff. And the moment that person, you know, neglects the deal, you know, tries to walk away from the deal, this spirit suddenly goes haywire and starts causing all kinds of mayhem. That's something the Holy Spirit does not do. God does not do that. God does not make people sick. God will not, you know, destroy your crops or kill your relatives because you didn't listen to him. He's very merciful, very gracious. He'll be patient with you. And he'll wait for you to come to him. So the fact that these people who, you know, ignore their loa suddenly can get really sick and lose everything that they've ever owned because, you know, some spirit is angry all of a sudden just kind of goes to show that there's a big difference between what they're talking to and who God is, who Christ is, who, who even angels, you know, of, of the Lord are. Um, none of them have done such things to people who have talked with them. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, you know, even when we were looking into it, um, at the time, you know, Voodoo look like a, a a good way to protect ourselves, but um, you know it, it leads down those one those paths that you're using magic, even though Christians don't use magic. <laughs> um, I just think it's a, a path people should not be walking down. It, it's one of those things that. Once you're down that path, it's very hard to come back from. So, right. uh, the uh, even though, as you said, people from Voodoo are just trying to help, and as I said earlier, they're not. They're trying to help others that come to them. They're saying, "Hey, look, I have you know luck in no luck in love. Can you please help me?" So they'll they'll call on Loa, they'll, they'll do the curses, if you will, to to help them. Um, but, I mean, really, it's just not a good idea. I mean, mm-hmm. and I think that's pretty much all I can say about it, just because, you know, regardless of what I believe, I don't believe it. I don't. I don't believe that that the voodoo is the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be ridden by a spirit just is not is not cool. And, and <laughs> they. I mean, obviously, regardless of what you believe, they are whether you believe they're demons, whether you believe they're the loa. Uh, I mean, they they are controlling your body. So, if for example you were to murder somebody while that particular Loa was riding you, what does that say about about you in the long run? I mean, you basically become a murderer even though whatever you believe it is is possessing you hmm. made you do it. <laughs> and there have been plenty of people that say, that claim God made me do it the devil made me do it. Well, you let that, whatever that thing was, in into you to bring you to that. So, Right. 
All right, uh, we're just about done here, folks. Um, I did want to say again, Happy Mother's Day to everybody. Uh, and uh, we did want to give Eric a chance to plug his upcoming short film as well. So why don't we do that? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I have a short film that's about a 20-minute long film coming out well, it'll be coming out in the spring of 2016 called The Revealed. We're currently in pre-production right now. I'm currently looking for uh, locations in which we can film. Um, it, it's a it's a movie that it's basically a sci-fi horror. That's what I like to consider it as. It's a sci-fi horror. Um, it's about a young woman who writes books and actually trusts her life. And as she spends her days writing, she suddenly begins to encounter extraterrestrial beings uh, and of course these the, these encounters become worse and worse and worse until she meets a friend who tells her that he doesn't think it's necessarily the beings that she thinks it is but perhaps something uh, more sinister and perhaps uh, beings of a spiritual nature um, from another dimension of some sort so it's definitely I think a very interesting, intriguing, exciting film uh, that I'm going to be uh, working on here shortly. I did write it myself. I am directing it. I am producing it. Um, and for anyone who's interested in what I just said, or, and you're interested in maybe knowing more about it, or <clears throat> you, you may want to be interested in seeing it, you know, next spring, there are options for that. And, and that is going to become available to people who like. My Facebook page, that's facebook.com forward slash The Revealed Movie. And of course, if you stay tuned to paratruthradio.com, uh, and in particular, the episodes of Paratruth Radio, I'm going to continually update everyone. There will be a chance at some point in which uh, I will be, we'll be doing an entire show just based on my movie uh, as we get closer to production and post-production. And it'll also give the option or the possibility, I guess, for people to win free DVD of the movie, to win posters, to win uh, signed products from the movie, stuff like that. So a lot of interesting things going on over the next, um, pretty much almost the next year. It's going to yeah. be pretty much, yeah, for the next, yeah. before, you know, before it's finally out and distributed, I mean. Um, <clears throat> so there's a lot of stuff going on. And I really hope and would like everyone to tune in to, I say tune in a lot because of the radio show. <laughs> yeah. Visit, I'd like everyone to visit facebook.com forward slash the revealed movie. I think it's really intriguing. Many other people, I'm not just saying it myself, other people have also told me they've, they've read the script and think it's quite an interesting read and they're looking forward to the film themselves. So uh, I just hope, you know, pair of fans. If you like the show, you're going to like the movie. So, uh, yeah, that's all i got to say about that. Facebook.com forward slash The Revealed Movie. Like it, share it with friends and family, please. Well, I do have to say that I, too, am intrigued. So um, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a really good movie, you guys. Uh, I, I've said it a hundred times. I read the script, and I could see it before there's any video at all. So it's Definitely going to be a good one, so stay tuned for that. Uh, next week, we have Paratruth 
Lake Monsters coming up for you guys. Uh, we will be talking about Nessie and Champ. For those of you that do not know what those are, definitely come and listen next Sunday at 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Time. And also, for uh, those of you who may have noticed this past week on Facebook or YouTube, uh, we are now doing trailers for our shows, for our episodes. So if you've seen one of those trailers, if you saw this past one for the Voodoo Curse, there's a new one coming out for Lake Monsters. Like it. Let us know what you thought about it, too. Uh, share it with your friends and family. You know, the more we get uh, the videos we get out there, the more of the uh, anything that we post that we get out there, the more people we can tune in, and uh, the better the show can become, you know. Uh, and believe it or not, a lot of people don't really believe this or understand this, but the more viewers you have, the better the writing becomes, the better the stories become, the better everything becomes, because it really drives, uh, well, for us, it personally drives us a lot. You know, we love what we do, but when people start tuning in, it pushes us that much harder, that much better for all of you, so you really enjoy, we're giving you true entertainment, you know, stuff that you'll really be able to relax and enjoy. Uh, We don't want to send you crappy stuff. (laughs) We don't want to put that out there for you. So uh, if you see any of the trailers, if you see any posts that you really like, uh, that, you know, interest you, like it, share it, and of course, always give us your your comments, you know. um, You can reach us at uh, paratruthradio at gmail.com. Do we have comment section yet up in... uh, or are we going to have a comment session on the website, Justin? Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm going to put it back in uh, okay. underneath our player uh, there. Uh, you guys can always put it into the chat as well, but a lot of times it'll erase the chat uh, after so many days. So uh, we'll put the comments back up. Um, I do have to say, too, that uh, if you guys ever want to contact us uh, about anything that is uh, conflicting you, anything that you want to talk about, uh any type of subjects that you want us to talk about or, you know, you have some knowledge of, you can call that number, 701-204-4547. It is our Skype line, and uh, you can leave voicemails. And um, we'll get back in contact with you as soon as I, you know, as soon as we pull it up. And Mm -hmm. that will be the best way for us to to get in uh, back in contact with you so we can talk about it. Yeah, and just one more thing real quick. Um, if you haven't visited paratruthradio.com, do so. You'll learn a lot of stuff about us. We have our biographies up there. Uh, we also have a list of creative works, uh, contact information if you'd like to contact us or us contact you. Uh, you can listen to live shows and past episodes, all of our past episodes for Paratruth Radio under the Listen Live tab. So don't be confused. It says Listen Live, but if you click on it, you can bring up a whole list of you know, past shows. Um, we also have guest appearances on there. That's going to be episode... Uh, appearances that we were on for other shows uh, there's one up there right now the fourth watch there will be others coming up soon and of course you can always get upcoming shows and guests and learn you know who we're going to have on what we're going to be talking about for future reference um, and that's just something I want to throw out there because just because <laughs> visit com. why not I don't know about you but the majority of the world spends probably about 90% of their life online nowadays so why not just yeah. do it um, I think it's some interesting stuff. And if there's anything you'd like to add or tell us, you know, you'd like to see on there, let us know. We'll see what we can do. All right, folks. 
Again, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Uh, if you guys are at home, enjoy it. You've earned every minute of it. And as I said at the beginning of the show, without our mothers, you guys would not have Paratruth Radio. So a special thanks to Debbie Skurbeck and Lori Roan. Um, on that note, we are out of here. My name's Justin. And I'm Eric. Talk to you guys next week. Peace. Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.